It's funny, it's not actually that complicated a surgery in principle. Always better to do that earlier before it becomes an emergency. But unfortunately, the acuteness comes at a cost. When you work in the emergency room and you see these patients actually dying because they can't get any oxygen, it's pretty eye-opening. We have a very special guest today, Dr. Mike King. He is a board-certified veterinary surgeon at Canada West Veterinary Specialist. We'd always want people to be aware of the airway issue. Bulldogs and French Bulldogs. They are lovely dogs, personality-wise, and they look really cute. But unfortunately, the acuteness of their sort of squished faces comes at a cost that they don't have great airflow through their nose or their mouth and, and their throat. And that can result in serious problems when they get too active about uh, obstruction with airflow or heat stress and heat stroke. And we can do surgeries that can improve this within the throat that can help, but it doesn't resolve it completely. And we see a lot of those because they're pretty popular breed for understandable reasons. They're really lovely dogs. And, and like I said, look really cute. Uh, so people need to be aware to get them checked out to see if their veterinarian thinks, okay, the, the amount that they're breathing and what they're having trouble with warrants surgical correction or not early on, because the earlier you do it, yeah then the better the outcome later on. And probably another one where you would want to have insurance before it before it's identified. How do I know if my bulldog needs airway surgery? Largely, it comes down to the degree of noise they have, um, honestly, during the day. So if they're a dog that when they're walking around the house, they're no noisier than your typical Labrador. And when they go outside and they're running around, they're panting, but they're not really making much additional noise. That's okay. Maybe if they get really worked up, they start to have the sort of <laughs> kind of thing going on. But if it has to take quite a lot of activity to get there, then they're probably doing all right. But dogs that are noisy all the time, even inside the house, or even light exercise or a little bit of heat results in them making a lot of noise, panting a lot, often sometimes even just stopping their exercise. And that's a big problem. And the other one is if they're snoring a lot at night, that's waking them up. Most Frenchies and Bulldogs will actually snore a bit, but they can get sleep apnea just like people because when they're sleeping there and they're relaxed and everything is kind of just, just compressing down even more, they can have problems with airflow at night too. So those are sort of the things to watch for. Again, the cute, snorty, noisy breathing is uh, is not so cute, unfortunately. And so if they're, yeah. if they're doing that a lot, then they need to get checked out. It's true. So many people seem to think that that sound is cute. But mm. when you work in the emergency room and you see these patients actually dying because they can't get any oxygen. That's right. Um, and then you look in the back of their airway and it's all clogged up with a mm -hmm. really big soft palate, a massive tongue, literally like have something shoved down your throat and blocking all the air. Mm -hmm. And their nostrils being so small, it's like breathing through a straw. There's really nothing cute about not being able to breathe. And no. so a lot of these dogs really do need airway surgery to help kind of debulk a lot of those structures so that they can actually get airflow to their lungs. And make it so that when they are being active, they're not getting a lot of swelling back there that makes it even worse, right? Yeah, that's true, right? Because all of that noise, that's turbulence, that's mm -hmm. airflow not passing smoothly. Yep. And the more turbulence you get, the more inflammation and swelling you get back there. So always better to do that earlier before it becomes an emergency. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We've had, you know, this weekend we're taping, it's really hot outside, it's up to 30 yeah. degrees, you know, and this is the kind of thing when a young Frenchie or Bulldog might have been doing fine through the winter and then it's getting hot out and suddenly they are um, struggling to breathe because they have to pant and panting has everything moving in there so much more and if you don't have free airflow, then you're in big trouble. Yeah, there have been so many cases of these dogs coming in with 
respiratory distress and to intubate them, you have to literally have people pry this massive soft palate off mm -hmm. of their airway just yep. so that you can actually see it. And when you actually see like, oh my God, this is what they're trying to breathe through every day. Mm -hmm. It's pretty eye opening. So the other flip side of that is when they're recovering from the surgery and we have, we have a tube down their throat during the surgery. And we always tell folks that the tricky part of the surgery is recovery from the anesthetic because they've got some swelling in the back of their throat, all their muscles are relaxed and we have to pull the tube out at some point. And some of these dogs, they wake up and normally with most, you know, most dogs with most surgeries, we wake until they swallow and then we pull the tube and you see some of these bulldogs and they sit up and they are wide awake and they're looking around and they've never breathed better and they've got a tube in their throat and they don't yeah. swallow they don't move because they do not want you to take them right. away because it feels amazing yeah <laughs> that's right yeah, I remember yeah. one day i was at the farmer's market and i heard a dog from the other side of the farmer's market just like struggling oh. to breathe like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it made its way around, and it wasn't even a year old. And I was like, "Yeah, a bulldog." And I was like, he, "I was like, have you have you met with your vet? There's a surgery that these dogs need to get." Totally. Um, and the girl's like, "Oh, my boyfriend uh, doesn't want to put him through it, and it's really expensive." And like, mm. yeah, when it turns into an emergency, yeah, it starts getting warmer. It's a yeah. lot more expensive to deal with it then, and um, a lot less successful. Yeah, and then mm -hmm. I actually saw him again not long later, and he was breathing fine and had gotten the surgery. And then awesome. So, um, awesome. yeah, I can really yeah. prolong their life. It's funny, it's not actually that complicated a surgery in principle. There's really three main parts to it. The first is the nostrils being, as you mentioned, quite narrow. And so what we do is we can take a little like wedge of tissue from the side. We're not cutting the nose off or anything crazy like that. And just a little wedge of tissue to sort of bring out little parts of the nostril so that you maintain airflow there. The part you mentioned about the soft palate, which is the squishy part of the back of your throat. That's uh, the roof of the mouth. It should hang back a certain degree. And in these dogs, it hangs back a long way and is falling into the larynx, which is the gateway to the trachea or windpipe. So we trim that back. And so that is like it sounds. We sort of cut a little bit of it and pose the tissues there and then cut a little bit more. It doesn't require a lot of technical instrumentation. You have to have experience to know how much to trim back, but the actual procedure is not particularly tricky. The other part is assessing the larynx because sometimes the lining of the larynx can be bulging inwards and uh, what we call everted saccules. So basically the lining is bulging inwards, swollen, and we can trim back that tissue as well. So knowing what to look for there. But the tricky part honestly is the aftercare because these dogs, the anesthesia is nerve wracking at times because of the, particularly the recovery from it. Some of them need to have, uh, as you know, so a lot of oxygen supplementation. We even sometimes put them on the equivalent of a CPAP machine. If people have sleep apnea, they know what those are, you know, where you sort of blow air up into the nose to try and keep the airway open while they're recovering over the first few hours or even over the first night after surgery and in some cases particularly with really thick-necked english bulldogs we have to do a temporary tracheostomy meaning you make an incision down in the neck here to place a, a tube there to bypass everything higher up and allow them to fully recover from that before you remove that tube. So a straightforward one is actually very straightforward and they can recover well. They can be looking at you like it's not a big deal and we can almost send them home that night. We, we don't because we need to monitor them, but you know they, they're looking so good right through to being where they just can't recover well and we have to do those other interventions. The com and, more complicated ones need Totally, to and, and you can't always predict it. Yeah. yeah, and so that's the part that's actually the tricky part. Yeah. So that one is something I generally would want to refer to a board certified surgeon and a specialty hospital where they have a critical right. care where they can 24 hour care throughout the night. Exactly. Okay, yeah. great. Well, we are just breezing through these questions. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, well, let's keep playing.